0: This is Proxilla Radio, the UK's first dedicated progressive rock music radio network.
1: You're listening to Tabletop Genesis, a podcast by Genesis fans for Genesis fans.
2: The band's rise to the top was a creation story like no other. It's an incredible evolution.
3: In the air tonight changed everything. That drum fill is one of the
4: heaviest objects in the universe.
3: But the
2: meteoric success came at a cost. Jealousy took hold.
4: Phil's success was bigger
3: than any of them, so they had to dance to his tune.
2: Rivalries
3: flared. I said,
2: no way, you can't quit now. And stiff upper lips wobble. Band dynamics are difficult. I mean, they're hotbeds of intrigue and infighting. Bringing the band to the breaking point. When you get that big and that successful, people turn against you.
5: Some of you might recognize that clip from the recent documentary, Breaking the Band, Genesis which is the topic of our show today. I'm Tom Roche and I'm Mike Lord and welcome to Tabletop Genesis. It's interesting. We've interviewed Tony Banks, Steve Hackett, but I think this is the first time we've had a broadcaster on our show. So we'd like to welcome Stacy Godfrey, who was the broadcaster featured in Breaking the Band Genesis. Welcome, Stacy. Welcome back.
4: Well, thank you. Is I didn't this rec- a good broadcaster voice? Oh yes. <laughs> uh, although I didn't, I didn't recognize
1: it because that was uh, ST It was, it was the S T A C E Y on that show. I, yes, I'm not sure who that was. Uh, my
4: evil twin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, that's uh,
1: the alternate universe. Stacy Godfrey was, uh, yes, was on that yes. show. So. <laughs> Well, welcome, Stacy. Bad. We're, we're, it's, we, we've. I feel like that you're. You're. You've been here more often than not recently, which is yeah. kind of nice. Uh, um, you so, can't
4: keep me away. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, fa- we are thrilled that the occasion of you coming back this time is because you got to be a talking head on this documentary. Can you? Can you tell us a little bit about how
4: that happened? Sure. Um, well, it. I mean, the TLDR is, it happened because of this podcast. Oh, uh, yes. Um, it happened. Yeah. the uh, I think the producer or the assistant producer from Breaking the Band show, were they were looking for contributors to the episode and they came across the podcast and they knew they wanted an American and a woman okay. to have a voice as part of this, particularly to speak to, I would say, the uh, the post Gabriel and Hackett era of the band. Sure. And for whatever reason, they thought I was a good choice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and so, yeah, they got in touch. We had a few phone chats, you know, kind of going over what they were looking for. The you know how the arc of the show, if you will, that mm-hmm. they were they wanted to follow. And I thought it was all fantastic and fun. I mean, yeah, why, wh- you know, how, who, who am I to turn down an opportunity to talk about my favorite band <laughs> exactly, exactly. on TV uh, and live forever in syndication? Yes. Which is uh, <laughs> kind of crazy. So yeah, so that's how it really it really did come about from the podcast. So thank you guys, thank <laughs> you for you this know, opportunity. This
1: was, this, is, this was all this was all the joint uh, joint work we all did, you know, ahead of time mm-hmm. and everything. So that's fantastic. And I think that you were a great voice in this because you were. You were somebody who really obviously knows about the band and were able to give a perspective, as you said, you know, from it's not just another white old white dude talking. Yes. Head <laughs>
4: so
1: you know, there's a, there's enough of that out there for for everything. So. Yeah, absolutely. However, I should say, if anybody needs an old white dude talking head, <laughs> I, I would be happy to step into that role. So, <laughs>
5: Right. And I'm available, too. I'm not as old as Mike, but uh, oh, yeah. I'm also available.
1: <laughs> His hair is much less white than mine is also. So.
5: Well, yeah, it's great that you are officially part of Genesis Canon as as they might say
4: (laughs) yeah it's crazy it was such a surreal experience um you know it's funny you know you think about like all the times we talk about it on the show we talk to other fans but kind of talking about it in in this way it was like i said i don't know how to explain it but just surreal and it, you know, then watching it, I've watched it once. I've only watched it once on the de- on the on the night it premiered, and I'm seeing, you know, footage of Steve Hackett talking, and then you know, hearing Genesis music and the archive footage and the mm. whole, and then then I appear, and it's like <laughs> what, right? It's like
1: what? Well, how does this work? What universe yeah. am I in where this has become
5: a I thing mean, now?
4: Like if I my eight-year-old self yeah. <laughs> knew that this was gonna happen yep.
5: <laughs> sitting in your ble- sitting in your parents car listening yeah. to invisible touch
4: i know yeah. i don't think she believed it for a second yeah.
1: <laughs> so stacy what did they give you to prep for this ahead of time what was what was that process like
4: yeah that's a great question um so after I said, you know, like I said, we had a few phone calls about how it would go and the logistics of it. They, you know, they they had a crew come to our house mm-hmm. um, and set up and, you know, I, you know, understanding that Genesis had a, has a very long and storied <laughs> career as a band. And then, you know, they also wanted to touch on kind of solo projects as well mm-hmm. and how that may have influenced the band. And so I asked, I was like, can you send me, you know, kind of a, a, an outline or maybe a list of the questions you want to you're going to be asking me on the day um not that i need to study the history of the band <laughs> but i am not like you two like huh. i am horrible with the discography in terms of like the timeline of everything sure right yeah. so like i i know in the 80s you know these albums came out and these whole albums came out but i don't know in what order Mm -hmm, Right. (laughs) So um, I wanted to just kind of get my facts straight, if you will, um, because I know a lot of what they wanted me to talk about and what I, you know, what I ultimately agreed upon talking about Hmm. was the music uh, itself and a fan's perspective in the U.S., Mm -hmm. you know, kind of hearing this music and kind of under, particularly from the 80s on when they got really popular. Um, because this show is only aired right now in the in the u.s mm-hmm. and so and this was a british company i right. guess or broadcasting company that was putting it out so they wanted a kind of a u.s perspective on the reception of the music and particularly you know the Phil Collins kind of being everywhere all the time and what that was like so anyway i i said could you just you know, give me some stuff so I can just prep on the day so I could just fire off these answers. Yep. Um, well, they did. They sent me 90 questions. <laughs> 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 uh, it, it's a
1: Genesis it, final exam. Right? It was. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, yeah. I was like, oh, my goodness. And it, so it like started from Charterhouse all the way to the 2007 tour. Okay. And, you know, there were quite a few questions in there that asked about, They asked me to comment on their personal lives Mm. or perhaps like so you could if you've seen the the show itself, it it really emphasizes the drama between Tony Banks, Peter Gabriel from the early years. And then as well, like the tension with the band uh, in terms of Phil's rising popularity and how that made of made Mike and Tony feel. March 1981,
2: The Farm Studio, Surrey, England. Phil is meeting up with the band for the first time since Face Value made him a solo star. And this time, he's brought his own producer with him.
0: I remember Tony sort of going, Oh, I see. You guys have done a hit record. And I, I got the slight feeling that Phil thought he'd brought his team in, i.e., me.
3: As far as Mike and Tony are concerned, Phil's the singing drummer. But, you know, now he's swaggering in with his own team
2: there was a very strong sense that he wasn't just the drummer anymore
4: (laughs) and i i just flat out refused to comment on any of that because i wasn't there yeah and i didn't feel it was my place to you know whether i have an opinion or not to me that doesn't matter i just want to talk about the music and talk about how perhaps that music impacted me so I, of the 90 questions, I probably answered, a, you know, I would say a little more than three quarters of them. Sure.
1: Well, that it's yeah. funny because that goes back to something when we started this podcast that we talked about, at least kind of internally, was that we never, and we're probably not perfect with this, but we never mm. wanted to get into conjecture about yeah. the mindset of the band members themselves. As fun as that is to hypothesize on, like mm-hmm. you said, we weren't there. We don't know about this stuff. We certainly have opinions on the personality dynamics of any band that we're fans of, but, mm-hmm. but we're not authorities on that. So, no. I mean, we get that from, you know, what the band members say or reading up on things. It's not, it's not like we were the person themselves so
4: yeah and i exactly and they had steve hackett was featured yeah. so he he was there and richard mcphail yeah you know they were their firsthand account yep. they can primary uh, sources ex-
1: there so they, yeah.
4: exactly so yeah and honestly i don't give a shit about their personal lives <laughs> i don't give a, i don't care i just you know do whatever it takes to make the music i like right, exactly. <laughs> do what you gotta do right. and yeah so i i really appreciated Sam, the uh, you know the producer, and everyone on the breaking band uh, breaking the band team were very mm-hmm. supportive of that for me. Right. Like they didn't make me feel like I had to answer anything. They're like, if you don't want to answer it or you can't, yeah, that's fine. They were super supportive, and you know, I really felt like, you know, uh, I was a part of the team, and yeah. and they 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 took a lot of my feedback. You know, they did ask me a couple questions at some point, like. All right. When did this happen? And, (laughs) you know, so I had a little bit of, you know, input in terms of, you know, the the overall, I think, in terms of helping to keep them on track with the Mm -hmm. with the with the musical part of the narrative. And they handle the drama stuff. (laughs) And and this came
1: out much quicker than I think we all, it's when you were telling us about this kind of behind the scenes, like you were saying initially, like November, December, Mm -hmm. and then it came out in August and was like, wow, that was really quick. You know, you recorded in April, May time frame.
4: Yeah, I recorded in Memorial Day weekend, which is the last week weekend of of May, uh, at least this year. So that was like May 31st or something. Yeah, sure. Um, And yeah, I was told that it was going to come out in December, which Mm -hmm. I thought was great because that's when Genesis are touring here. It'd be like a nice, you know, promotion. But I know Reels had this kind of promotional event called Reels Fest where they had a few days of just airing their music documentaries and breaking the band episodes. So I think maybe there was a push to get Mm -hmm. the Genesis uh, premiere out at that time.
5: Well, I think as as you like the team from uh, Breaking the Band, I think they must have really liked you too because they used you in the promos for the episode, which was a bonus.
2: Genesis is an evolution that no one could have foreseen.
4: That drum fill is one of the heaviest objects in the universe.
2: Genesis, Breaking the Band, only on Fest.
5: Yeah, I think your comment on the the In the Air Tonight drum fill
4: yeah, it's the heaviest
5: sound in the universe. Yes which is
4: which I could not stop laughing at when because I used that well first of all, I was like shocked that I was in the promo and then th- that line I actually stole from a meme that my brother <laughs> sent me like a couple months ago. Um, so it's not an, it's not a Godfrey original but um, but you made it your own that's I made why. it my own. And, and it is also a fact.
3: Yeah, um, yes. Proven <laughs> scientific fact. Right. So, you can't copyright
4: I, facts. It's just no, the way it is. you so. <laughs> cannot. Um, but yeah, that was funny. And then when when that promo aired, I was if these listeners aren't aware, I was I was commenting in the context of Phil's Phil Collins in the air tonight kind of drum fill, that right. iconic drum sound <laughs> and and Phil in the song. And they use that in a Genesis documentary clip. And I was like, all the nerds are going to be like, <laughs> "That's that Genesis? That's Bill Colin Solo. <laughs> oh, there's always. Oh, going to be crucified. There's
1: always um, a nerd out there, yeah, right? So, yeah, that's, I know. That's how it is. So, and, and they're mainly, and, and we have a lot of, you know, positive nerds as part of our audience, too. Yeah. So we're not talking oh, about they're, you they're, guys. They're the best. Exactly. So we're talking about those <laughs> other nerds, you know. The other yeah. ones. Exactly. So. Well, with that, we'll segue now into the interview with Sam Bates, who is the producer and director for this show. So let's move on over to that interview. All right, well, today we have a special guest on the podcast, and this is Sam Bates, who is the producer for this show that Stacey was a guest talking head on. Uh, and the show's called Breaking the Band. So, Sam, great to have you on
0: here. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thanks That's very much.
1: It. Well, th- thanks for coming along. And uh, so how did, how do you, as part of this show, how do you decide what bands you want to cover? And like, do you have kind of a wish list of things? And just how does it work on your end on that production side of things for, these type, for this type of show?
0: Yeah, well, I think, so it starts off, I mean, the series is now into, I think it's its third or fourth um, um, kind of run of, of the show. So um, we have done some of the more obvious examples already of bands that, because so the, the idea of the show, the concept behind it is telling the story of, of, of the band's history, of a band's history, um, but particularly, you know, kind of bands that have broken up. So kind of charting that course, the real highs, and then the inevitable thing that happens in most cases not always right. that you know something on the way to those highs also kind of seeded some tensions and eventually perhaps it ends in tears or you know <laughs> somebody walking away or something like that now with genesis genesis is very different obviously as you guys know i'm sure um as well as anyone that um are a very kind of different kettle of fish to most of the bands we do so you know maybe an aerosmith is a good example of someone who's a very opposite kind of uh, story and and personality of a band than uh, than genesis have and so with genesis it was a real challenge but one i enjoyed because uh, you know being english and being aware of genesis and phil collins's role in in kind of the music culture over here um it, w- it was a really good challenge it was really interesting
1: so were you were you a fan of the band beforehand? Because I imagine that as I, I would I would imagine, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you're probably a music lover and enjoy kind of a lot of different music. But did you were you how aware of you how aware of you for you were you aware of the band beforehand?
0: I was not hugely aware of Genesis. one. Okay. I I think that kind of I fit fit into that camp, which you know. Most people know who Phil Collins is right. and are aware of his impact and are aware that he was in a band called Genesis. And that was certainly certainly how I kind of knew of them. Um, I knew We Can't Dance. I knew that song. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quite like that song. Uh, but was completely unaware of their original um, kind of uh, form with with okay. Peter Gabriel okay. and the prog rock stuff and that whole side of the story. So finding out about that was all... Um, you know amazing you know really interesting and in the end that was the the kind of the year of the music that I, I i loved the most when you know reflecting back on it now that those early peter gabriel era uh, um shows and albums were just unbelievable you know something like i've never seen before in, in music and in in, in in their theatricality and you know what they uh what they were going for so yeah it's great i think
5: that pretty much actually matches how the three of us stacy mike and i got into the band because we were teens in the 80s or close to teen the <laughs> stacy case and, and it was on the radio so the hits like you said you had heard we can't dance we knew invisible touch and then did our research and went back and found out that there was this whole world of the band that we didn't even know about like The dressing up and the costumes and you know there was this peter gabriel who had just released so and he was actually part of the band too like oh my gosh it was it was just this whole like we were just knew the tip of the iceberg and then when we discovered everything it was that's kind of when our passion started yeah for us yeah
0: yeah no i remember with my uh i i when i was uh found out i was going to be working on this show i text my dad and told him because he's kind of more of the earlier generation obviously and the first thing he texted me was something about a lawnmower and and, <laughs> <laughs> no idea and what, you're
1: like, what is he
0: talking about his generation he you know he grew up with that side of it he knew much more about you know that, that early that prog rock era genesis that yeah. they were you know they were very big here at that time people knew who they were and they had a real impact um but i think the magnitude of that global success that they had in the eighties meant that for anyone who came onto them late, that kind of got erased, you know, and Peter Gabriel went off and did his own thing in a very, um, Peter Gabriel way. And that's so crazy. that sort of covered up his role in, in that, it's kind of this sort of secret history of a band that's, that's quite unusual. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah.
5: And they actually, it was, cause I know the, the theme of the show is to, Figure out like you know, as you said, the highs and then the lows where someone storms up, storms off. Yeah. And they, they actually did have a, a bit of that. Uh Phil is known to tell the story of when he first joined the band. They would be in the studio, and he said almost daily someone would walk out a huff, yeah, and like cursing under his breath. And He's like, "What? What the hell just happened? Like who? Like because he came from the other world, and they were in this like public school, like very stiff, you know, upper." British class and so for Phil to walk in there and see all of a sudden Tony Banks storm off or Peter storm off he didn't know like what the hell he was walking into so there there was a little bit of drama uh and of course obviously that follows you know Peter the bigger drama with Peter leaving Steve leaving uh then Phil's makeup breakup or his makeup whichever (laughs) (laughs) so yeah there, there, there was a lot but it was really interesting to see the angle that uh the show would take and, and I, I really enjoyed it i said because i knew what i was getting going into it uh i just grabbed my popcorn and was just gonna That's sit it. and watch it and and uh yeah I, I thought it was a fun fun ride i really enjoyed it wow. especially knowing someone who was in it which i guess, guess is our next question is how did you find Stacey?
0: <laughs> well, wow, that is a good question, and um, yeah, Stacey did a great, unbelievable job for us. Actually, really yeah. came in on board and um, you know brought the show up a level just with her connection between somebody who was a, a broadcaster, but also you know a genuine fan of the band, um, and could kind of give her own uh, insight and. In terms of knowledge, I think, uh, unparalleled, really, and I know she, you said earlier that you, you <laughs> you'd like to be prep, but I think that that I felt like that knowledge that you had about the band was just uh, very much uh, par for the course, given how much of a fan you are. So, um, But, yeah, uh, we found Stacey by, through the podcast, I think. Um, I think uh, my assistant producer on the show, um, Alice, who was looking for um, contributors at the time, um, came across the podcast and got in touch with with Stacy I think that is that right Stacy Yeah
4: yeah I heard from Alice I think it was um like mid April um she she found me through my radio show No Words Music on progrock.com so she was she emailed the station owner Mark and he got in touch with me so um after we finally made that connection um, she gave me a call and after just like a minute talking to her, I was like, absolutely want to do this. Um, yeah. You know, I get to I get this like talk about my favorite band for a while. Sure. <laughs> you know, sounds like a good time. So, yeah, it, it was great. And Alice and Sam were fantastic in supporting me. Of course, I had a million questions because mm-hmm. I've never done anything like this before. Um, you know, I'm used to this, you know. Right. You know, <laughs> radio and podcasting, not TV or you know. Um, so they were super supportive. The crew that was here, they came to our house to film it uh, on the day. They were fantastic. Um, yeah, it was just like a fun, surreal experience. I mean, I, they were at our house for about four, we would, we recorded like four hours. It was like couple hours they were there that could be a whole
1: documentary on its own right there (laughs) Uh, release the stacy footage oh yeah
4: (laughs) i mean sam was forensic in the question okay like uh, we i i chronicle the band like uh, an Armando Gallo book, like it was <laughs> super. We was very detailed.
0: disappointed, by the way, that we didn't include him because we spoke to Armando. Um- oh, um, yeah, and wow. uh, he one of the things that, that he was sorry to interrupt, Stacey. Uh, no, no, sorry.
4: go ahead. This is um, interesting.
0: Remind me. Um, yeah, he uh, he. We were hoping to perhaps interview him at one point, and then um, in the end, we kind of had we got, got to our quota really of interviews that we, yeah. that we needed for the show. But he did provide us. He sent us. A copy, an original copy, a hardback copy of his um, of his uh, book that he did in the seventies, I think, or the eighties, mm-hmm. and um, it was amazing. Had some, um, his 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 collection of photos that were in it were, were brilliant, and we used some of them in the show, so that was really handy. And um, yeah, he, he he's definitely a great character on my <laughs> Yes,
5: yeah. Was was there any difficulty getting anyone? Like, I was great to see Steve interviewed because. Uh, it, as one as you know the three of us have all seen probably every Genesis documentary and there are sometimes when they he seems to kind of get the short shrift in some of these documentaries whether it's his solo stuff not getting mentioned um, but it was great to see him front and center get being someone from the band is that rare that you get someone who was actually in the band to be on the show
0: um yes it, it, it is i mean anyone can can look at, look up the series and see that it hasn't happened many times um we did um for van halen we got um sammy hagar took part in it and michael anthony took part in it which was really interesting mm-hmm. um and I've, I've just done um i think it's fine to say we've just we all well, I'm working on now actually scorpions the the german oh, okay. yeah Yeah, Yeah. and and the entire band have done that so um that's that's, you know it's it's, it does definitely give the show a different feel and um take it in a different direction but what was great with genesis we we did speak to the band and their their management and it was a kind of from their point of view they they gave it the kind of scheduling conflict uh (laughs) use or whatever they weren't particularly anti it or weren't engaging with it in, in, in too much of a a serious way, so that's fine, um, and the show then can kind of look at the which you get real kind of inside stories from people who were part of the of the Genesis um, kind of uh, timeline along the way, and, and that whether that be Rich McPhail from those early years, yeah. obviously Steve, who you know was a huge part of Genesis's early success um, and beyond, you know, kind of had a foot in in both of those eras with his um, you know after after Peter left as well um so so yeah no it's not um it's not unusual for the band not to do it but um mm-hmm. getting steve involved was great and also because as you said earlier you know we're looking for those um those the the, the, the tensions and and clearly steve still felt quite raw about some of the the, the things that happened and you know we couldn't even include all of uh, obviously we didn't we, it's not uh, the whole show wasn't about steve but right. When we got to his departure and how he felt about it, I think he still had some areas where he felt a little bit, you know, you know, bitter, not, maybe not bitter, but resentful about what how it ended up, perhaps, is the best way to put it.
2: Guitarist Steve Hackett has called a meeting with Mike Rutherford and Tony Banks. The whole band is broke, but Steve is the worst hit. It comes down to being told that Actually, instead of being an equal, you are an employee, which rankled. The band's chief writer, Tony Banks, has decided songs should now be credited individually.
3: And Steve Hackett wasn't a songwriter. And in fact, he tried to submit songs. And the rest of the band said, no, that's all right. You're fine. Steve
2: is only taking home $150 a week. And his attempts to explore side projects have been shut down by the band. I remember, you know, being hauled over the hot coals by both Mike Rutherford and Tony Banks. Tony said, we don't want to create another Pete. But Tony refuses to compromise.
3: The final star for Steve was that he had a word with Tony and said, look, I want to get more songs on the album. And Tony said no, and that was it.
5: Steve felt that he wasn't getting enough of his ideas through, which is probably fair enough. You know, he probably wasn't because, you know, I tended to shout a lot and get my ideas through
2: after six roller coaster years steve hackett's time in genesis is over love the music detest the politics
4: yeah that i have to say i don't know i don't want to speak for you tom and uh mike but i felt like that was the most honest rep like um expression of how he felt about leaving that I've ever seen. Cause I think when he is part of the, let's call it the official Genesis documentaries where the whole band's involved, he has to be more diplomatic. He has to be more congenial about it, but they weren't involved. Mm. And he was just like, I'm just letting it out. (laughs) And it was, you know, that, so to me, you know, as someone who has, um, follow the band and, you know, has been a fan for so long and thinks I, you know, I've i heard and seen it all. Steve's um, interview as part of uh, breaking the band was completely new to me. Like his the the perspective, he shared the mm-hmm. emotion that was coming through um, when he was speaking. I had never seen that before. So to me, that was like the coolest part. I was like, yeah, I'm actually, you know, it's always nice when you're, you're you think you know, not, you know, think you know everything, but you've you've been, you know, uh, following a band or, or anything for a long period of time, and you know you're afraid nothing's going to surprise you anymore. Well, that yeah. surprised me. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, I, very,
4: yeah.
5: very refreshing.
4: Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I have to say, I was surprised as well when we got to that stage in the interview. Maybe, maybe, um, Stacey, you can relate though. It'd been another quite grueling interview i think and uh, it was like towards the end when i asked him about that and um i think he was so uh sort of you know tired by the like that that interview that the emotion just uh maybe showed a bit more than it would do normally but um
5: he um, so that's the that's the process you just wear the interviewer yeah. interviewee down that's,
0: exactly yeah just keep on probing no um, he was great yeah. i'm really really grateful he did it and um um again you know because he, he he kind of uh came into the band a, a little bit later He wasn't part of the charterhouse set and we, we focused a bit on the charterhouse aspect um being british as well and aware of that kind of class uh side to the whole genesis story obviously phil coming in from a different background um you know it was really interesting to have his perspective on what what the guys were like and um yeah he, he, he's a great musician and um we were um, very happy to have him as part of the show
1: yeah, that I found watching it again, and as I think Tom mentioned, like the three of us have obviously seen a lot of Genesis documentaries in our in our lifetimes, and like I was I was impressed that you know sometimes with these type of shows it, it can go more for the drama than for reality, and while there were certainly parts of it where I was like I'm not sure if it was quite that dramatic in real life, but I think that it was it was very it, there was nothing that i found from my point of view that was wrong and sometimes in documentaries of any type of band or anything that i'm interested in you kind of see things where you're like well that's just not it doesn't Mm -hmm. gel with what i've seen elsewhere and everything Mm
4: -hmm. and
1: and i thought that this was for like i always say that you we kind of have to think about from our point of view as like big fans of the band that like this is not meant and you could probably confirm this like this isn't meant for the people who know everything about the band this is meant for a general audience who might just be generally kind of know phil collins a bit know genesis a bit and everything you know the purpose of this documentary is to give kind of a bigger overview of things than the fine details is that is that your perspective coming into it also, Sam?
0: It, exactly right, and you know I'm very much aware that that this kind of world that you guys operate in is is <laughs> yeah, sure. is, uh, is, is, is is probably not as funny as that sounds. In a way, is not the audience who um, who, who the show is for really because um, it's more of an entertainment show. It has that take. I, I mean, I'd like to think that anyone that likes the band. Um, we we'll take something from the show, just from seeing the interviews with the people that we, you know, had yes. to speak about the band, and um, you know, just purely from enjoying that the, the the Genesis story. And and we 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 told that that's for sure. But um, yeah, we certainly have to focus on more of the of the dramatic aspects, or even play up some of the dramatic aspects that um, may or may not have had as big an impact as we suggested. You know, it's hard to say, but. Um, the, yeah, only I I, the
1: only thing I will pick on is that if I yeah, yeah. if I hear the Phil divorced his wife by fax story one more time, I, I <laughs> might have to I might have to fax my concerns about that to somebody. Yeah.
0: So. <laughs> well, I think so. The thing with that is he. I can't quite remember what we um ha, where we where we got it from, but obviously on the front page of the Sun, she right, really yeah. used the she had sent in um yeah. the the fax, right. um, and it wasn't a literal divorce, as he pointed out later on in his book. And I think on those, right, yeah. shows, um, we were aware of that. Um, yeah. but obviously the headline, um, yeah. You know.
1: It's it's a fun story to to share. I totally get that too. I, I'm more joking about kind of the yeah, no, aspect no. of it, but that's <laughs> of
0: course it is. And like you bad. know, that was one of the points we were trying to make at that at that um, part of the show is that you know Phil kind of suffered this this backlash, and he didn't understand why. And it was anything he did, whether it was yeah. you know perceived as him him uh, yeah. you know doing something like that, or he, he couldn't he couldn't understand why he was getting that that treatment. You know, and there's there's various stories. That he says aren't true, you know, things he said about voting a particular way in in elections, and you know, yeah, that the 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 way he, the, the the real story behind the divorce, um, you know, but whatever it was, it was getting portrayed in a certain way, and that's that's what I think we were trying to trying to kind of yeah. point to, um, because for some reason, yeah, just he he just became public enemy number one, and um, it's I suppose it's a familiar tale when somebody gets to the top at least in Britain, mm-hmm. um, people are very eager to, to tear them down. So, um,
4: That's what uh, Simon calls, what, tall poppy syndrome? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody's allowed to succeed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly, so, exactly yeah. that. And um, mm-hmm. he, you know, that, that's how big, how phenomenal the Phil Collins story is, yeah. that he was he was as big as anyone, you know, that we produced at that time. So, yeah. Yeah.
5: I think that's when, when we uh, discussed No Jacket Required recently with Stacy. It was for anyone who did not live through the 80s, it, it's hard to really express to them how big he was. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this was a guy from the 80s. No, he he was the mid-80s. <laughs> uh, yeah, just and you say the bigger they are, the more people just want to see them fall down. Mm. Yeah. I had a, I had a question. Uh, I'm always fascinated by the reenactors, <laughs> so so the people you know in these little vignettes uh under the under D Snyder's narration mm. uh are they cast saying okay we're looking for a full Collins type or a Peter gabriel type or or they just said you're a disgruntled rock and roller you're arguing with this other rock and roller or do they are given specific like you're Phil, you're his wife pretend you're fighting like how how is that set up
0: uh yeah it's exactly like that um the idea is to keep them um as uh, kind of impressionistic as possible so um obviously we're aware that sometimes you know it's, it's hard to get that likeness so when you're trying to keep people in a kind of documentary mode um if you then show a face of somebody who's very obviously not phil collins or his wife or whoever then um it, it kind of takes you out of that story. So the idea is to have them is just just to help with, with parts of the story where otherwise it would just be talking heads um, or you know uh, archive stills or you know things where where there isn't any footage to cover from the time. Um, different documentaries take different approaches to that, and um, I think it's, it's it's yeah, as I say with with the, the type of entertainment show that it is it's about keeping that visual interest and um, yeah. yeah but it it can uh, you know sometimes the the guys that come and do it are you, you don't know about the stories and they end up <laughs> in all these crazy situations and we're like yeah yeah this actually happened don't worry
5: <laughs> now take this glass and sh- crash yeah. it sh- shatter it yeah. in your hand yeah, pretend yeah.
0: you're s- angry steve angry steve yeah that's a crazy story as well mm-hmm. you really.
1: know yeah that but- it is. It is fun. That is the fun aspect of this show because most other documentaries don't go to that length to recreate these these moments and everything. So it is. It does give that visual representation versus just hearing the story mm. another time recounted again. So yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, it,
0: it is fun. It, it is. It's a challenge though because yeah, as yeah. I say, um, you've got to walk that line between um, basically not showing any faces or there's mm-hmm. no dialogue. So. Um, but equally, trying to you know have something about the person that that kind of makes you know who they are supposed to be. So yeah, yeah. Um, but it's definitely fun. I
5: was saying, so it was a, it was a really fun show. If if people ha- didn't get a chance to see it, is there a way that they can view it online, or is there a, a, an app, or through the store on demand? How how does someone watch it if they missed it the first time or want to see it again?
0: um well uh reels i think sh- do repeats quite a lot um so um you can catch it on there again and eventually i think it makes its way onto amazon so um that's oh, something okay. ah. to, to catch it on there too um i in the uk where i'm from at the moment you can't you can't watch it but um but as i say eventually it should make its way onto amazon and you can find it there um and in the interim if you go on the reels website. Um, they'll let you know when they're next showing it as I say they do they do quite a lot of repeats. So
1: very
5: cool. excellent.
1: Yeah. Well great. Well Sam, thank you for coming on and talking about this. The the final question I have is would you call yourself a Genesis fan now?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Huge joke. Gen- right. right.
1: <laughs>
3: that is the correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I think as I said earlier, you know, it was amazing finding <laughs> out about this backstory to the band and the Peter Gabriel era era and um yeah, I, I definitely. Um, my Spotify is uh, full of uh, Genesis, and now I've got a whole prog rock algorithm going on. So, wow, very, cool. uh, great. Very,
4: very, Welcome to the dark side. <laughs> well, Sam,
1: thank you for taking the time to chat with us today. We really appreciate it. So, good luck with everything, and uh, and be well.
0: Thank you very much for thank thanks, you for um, inviting me on and Stacy. Yeah, thanks again for taking part and uh, yeah, thanks a lot. Enjoy your, uh, your the rest of the show. Excellent.
1: All right. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. All right,
5: Take care. Well, that was great. Uh, great to have Sam on. I Indeed. felt like I got a good behind the scenes look uh, and uh, got to see what Stacy went through. <laughs> 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 I wonder if uh Steve got the same 90 questions that Stacy got or if they kind of eased up on him and just gave him like maybe 40.
4: <laughs> I I would have to think so because like I said when we were chatting with with Sam you know the, I I did I got about actually I think yeah it was like 80 to 90 questions and it was from Charterhouse to the 2007 tour. Right. Like covered it like it was you know the whole history <laughs> of <laughs> uh, of the entire band's career so i gotta imagine you know steve's uh, part of the story ended when he left the band um unless you know there was discussion around some of his solo career and it maybe it just didn't get put yeah. into the final um cut um but yeah hopefully he was he was spared <laughs> at least, at least the a Steve few of those cut. questions. <laughs> so, yeah. But like I said, it doesn't matter. They could have asked me 300 questions. I was having so much fun. Yeah, <laughs> you, get to, you get to be
1: filmed talking about one of your favorite, if not your favorite band, one of your favorite bands, and everything, and it's yeah. it's really fun. So
4: those were um, easy questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so,
1: the um, so yeah, so it's it's interesting, just kind of you know the perspective also on the the podcast the podcast the the uh documentary being for it is a general audience thing it's not it's not for us you know it's kind of like the greatest hits albums comes out it's like they're not for us necessarily they're for the cat more casual fans
4: yeah absolutely um you know, and I knew that going into it, and that and actually that was something I considered too, because being a you know kind of a the diehard fan that I am, and I know you guys are, and I knew the show, I'd seen the, I've hmm. seen previous episodes, I seen the Van Halen episode, hmm. the Led Zeppelin, and so I, I knew what they were trying to achieve with Genesis, which is, which I knew off the bat, fans like us, if, if I could say that, yeah. um would probably find it, you know, not as compelling. Um, But at the same time, the reason I was so excited about it was... I was like, finally, Genesis are cool. <laughs> like these types of documentaries, they always right. go to the Aerosmiths, the Led Zeppelins, the Who's, the you know, the the uh, Motley Crues of the yeah. of the music world. And I'm like, yeah, finally, my nerd band <laughs> is getting, you know, the it is being viewed as entertainment value. You know, yeah. um, so that was really cool. And I also knew because I know because I'm this person that. No matter what you say about Genesis in any documentary or any coverage from any medium, there's going to be fans that are going to take issue with it or going to find something wrong with it. Yes. You know, Um, so you're not going to please everyone. So. Yeah, so knowing have you know kind of having those two things in mind, you know, I, for me it was a no brainer to to go ahead and do this. Yeah,
1: this was a light and fun thing. Like, yeah. that's how I look viewed it, and in and in that frame, I thought this was a really fun thing, and I think it's great you got to be a part of it and everything because it is, you know, as 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 actually we should have brought up too that you know they did spell your first name wrong on the little. Chiron, there for yourself <laughs> i know um, and they we would have liked it to say tabletop genesis podcaster versus just broadcaster but what are we gonna do you know we can't get free advertising all the time so no. just, but i, hey, I Stacy, you can't yeah. please
5: genesis fans no matter exactly. what i exactly. so, <laughs> see exactly mike those are you very, just
1: proved my point exactly those are, but those are very particular <sighs> complaints for me so well
4: you're a very particular fan oh um, yes. thank you so <laughs> but uh you know what yeah the whole uh, and I, I was, you know, of course I'm hoping that too, but I also hope, and, um, you know, I hope this does help drive more people to our yeah, show. Exactly. Um, particularly I think once it gets, um, to Amazon, yeah. I think there'll be a lot more views of it. Cause I know, um, uh, you know, reels is not a channel everybody right. gets here in the States. So,
1: so I wonder if when I, if you watch things on Amazon prime, if you pause it, it comes up at the bottom, like kind of the cast members of things. I wonder if there will be a little Stacy Godfrey box that I can click on and it'll be like, <laughs> what else has Stacy Godfrey been in? <laughs> so,
4: <laughs> you don't want to know,
1: all right? That's it's not on Amazon prime. <laughs> Let's just leave it
3: at that. So,
1: the, um, but no, I think that's, that'll be a lot of fun. So I think, and we'll certainly kind of mention it. We'll, we'll trumpet this to the rooftops when that's on uh, when that's on uh amazon prime to get the word out about that because more people need to see stacy's contribution to this show
4: Uh, yes yes (laughs) no (laughs) no everybody has has to see the everybody should say it genesis fans and non-genesis fans i actually when it when it um premiered i watched it with um simon i watched it with friends who You know no genesis just through me right you know like they they knew i was a fan they kind of knew phil collins but didn't know much about it and they really enjoyed it they had fun with it i mean maybe they're a little biased because their buddy was uh featured (laughs) in it but um you know we they were asking me a lot of questions afterwards and they were like Mm. oh yeah i forgot genesis did this song or that this was one of their albums um so yeah if, if it gets a couple more people on board to the band or at least curious yeah. and I think that's fantastic I'd read so I,
5: I watched it with uh, a couple friends well with mm-hmm. kathy and I was watching with my daughter and then I had a friend over and I think they also enjoyed it like because they yeah. knew what they were getting into it was just a fun yeah. like let's over dramatize some of the fights that they had or maybe the some of the narration was you know a little over the top and a couple times I would say well, that's not really what happened or you know it wasn't that dramatic but but like mike had said to to sam yeah it was pretty much on par with with the facts and yeah. and the information and yeah it was just a really really fun watch
1: yeah there was nothing egregious about it that i was no. like oh my god that no. i mean again i mentioned the phil fats divorce thing and everything which is that's just talked about by everyone so it's like as, as much as that's not the way it happened i get why it was talked about. So. You know it is what it is and that'll be on his tombstone at some point you know that's a divorce wife by facts so which again i didn't know that was a legal procedure you could do but that's uh, my my, something something just to be aware of for all you legal scholars out there so (laughs) all right well cool well anything else from any of you before we just
4: wrap up
5: uh just uh How's no words music going when when can we hear you next
4: Yeah thanks Tom for the tea up there uh, <laughs> <laughs> no no words music on progrock.com is going well uh, so I'm still airing the first and third Thursday of every month um I did do after the premiere of breaking the band Genesis uh, which was I think the the first Thursday. Yeah, before the first Thursday in August, mm-hmm. um I did a Genesis show. So if you go to progrock.com, you can hear um that episode. And if you're not aware, the show is about 60 to 90 music of instrumental only tracks. Um so the Genesis show was some, you know, very I think very familiar uh Genesis instrumental tracks and then some deep cuts, some live stuff, yeah. some solo stuff that maybe uh you know, I'm hoping, you know, we're appeal to all levels of fandom. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm having so much fun with it. It, it is, it's becoming, um, you know, a bit of a, a challenge now. So I've gotten in this, you know, kind of rhythm of doing theme shows. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, you know, I have so much music, you know, the, the library is full of music, but now I'm just trying to like figure out like some fun themes. So if anybody has any theme ideas, uh, I would love to, uh, to hear them. Excellent.
1: So Tom, do you have anything you want to plug or, uh, <laughs> you're on a podcast called Tabletop Genesis. You can plug that on <laughs> Tabletop Genesis. So <laughs>
5: Yeah, tune into the show that you're listening to right now.
1: Yes,
3: uh, exactly. So
1: <laughs> cool.
5: So meta. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. So in case you're dropping in somehow at the very end of a podcast episode, this is what you should do. So, so well, thank you, listeners, for joining in with uh, us again this uh this show. We hope you've enjoyed this a little bit behind the scenes of breaking the band, and it's great to have Stacy back with us for yes. the show and everything. So um so we'll move forward from here. So Keep listening, and we'll be back in the future. So I'm Mike Lord.
5: I'm Tom Roche. Go
4: oh, ahead. I get to go? I'm yeah. Stacy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, well you're, you're, you're emeritus. You're allowed to keep this. Okay.
4: <laughs>
3: you're, you're in the wrap up there. So
1: So great. Well, thanks again for listening, and we will be back next month with another episode of Tabletop Genesis.
2: In the years since, the band has reconnected and in 2021 opened the door to a new U.S. tour, playing together for the first time in 15 years, with Phil Collins taking the mic once again.
4: There are very few bands that have been together that long, you know, enjoying each other's company and enjoy playing together.
0: Within minutes of the tickets being on sale, they're sold out.
2: And helped by the reemergence of in the air tonight in popular culture, Phil Collins and Genesis are finally cool again. <laughs> <laughs> <He's definitely> sleeping <laughs> on us, wake him up. <laughs> but I've been waiting for this moment for all my life. One more time, guys. Oh, Lord. said, felt like I was sleeping on us. Wake him, Let him, him up. up. It's an incredible evolution.